Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the Skilled Trades Playbook. I'm your host, Juan Caroso, author of the At Your Best Playbook series. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Mike Rounds, an Army veteran and graduate of West Point, who is now the president of the Williamson College of the Trades. I'd like to thank you for joining us on the Skilled Trades Playbook. And to get us started, I, I was hoping you could give, give us a little bit of a background about how, what you've done in the past and how you became president of Williamson. Yours is a very storied past that I really want to showcase. Well, well I, I appreciate the opportunity, and I uh, feel very blessed and privileged to have landed here at Williamson. To go, you know, this is now six years for me. And, um, and before that, um, I spent 25 years active duty in the U.S. Army. I'm a West Point graduate, and during my um, career, uh, I was an Army engineer and had a lot of varied uh, assignments all around the globe, but um, had the opportunity also to uh, to get a master's degree, go back and teach uh, mechanical engineering at West Point two different times. And also the opportunity, the last job I had in the Army was a deputy uh, commandant of the West Point Prep School, which is an administrative role. Um, and so, you know, I, I loved engineering, and I loved serving in the Army, and I loved education. And it was a, a headhunter that reached out to me um, that, that told me about Williamson and I had never heard of it. And, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, and I, you know, he told me that he had he'd worked with a board and done the hire for the last two presidents who were also retired colonels from the air force. Um, and that it was, you know, that it was, um, had a, it was a military like school. Um, but it, but it had a, a faith component that I was looking at that we go to chapel every day. Um, and I hadn't thought much about trade education, um, even though I was a, you know, an engineer and had done some construction in the army. Um, but, you know, just going out a full year and a half before I retired from the army and visiting school, meeting the students, it, it hooked me right away. And I remember going back and telling my wife, I said, wow, if I could get a job like that, when I retire from the army, that would be my dream job. And it was really the interactions I had with the students, the pride that they took in what they were doing, um, the discipline, the, the, their, the, how they behaved, um, the, just their whole attitude was just really inspiring to me. And so uh, lucky for me, they, they offered me the job and I, I retired from active duty and, and immediately went to Williamson. And um, that was, that's how we got started. And, uh, you know, as a typical army, you know, soldier moving around a lot, uh, my wife and I, that was our 23rd year of marriage uh, when we retired from the Army and moved to Williamson. And our 16th house or apartment or government quarters, and we lived in Korea, we were in Germany. Um, so we've moved around a lot. And so at this point, we've now been at Williamson twice as long as we've been at any other place in our, during our married time. And, and, and we just love it. Um, my wife is involved uh, as well with the students working at the school store and at our in our clothes closet um, and, and enjoys uh, that interaction as much as I do. So we, we just feel really uh, blessed to have uh, found Williamson. That sounds great. Can you tell us a little bit about how Williamson College of the Trades came about so that we can have a framework, a context to then go on to talk about the day in the life of a student? Okay. Sure. Yeah. So um, 
Williamson is named after Isaiah Van Sant Williamson, who was uh, one of the wealthiest men in Philadelphia, uh, who was a Quaker, who um, who never married and, and um, you know, be, was very frugal. But at the age of 85 years old, he wrote the deed of trust for Williamson. Uh, at that time, it was Williamson Preschool of Mechanical Trades. And he said, I see these poor young men here in the streets in Philadelphia with no purpose and no, no chance in life. And I want to build a school where, free of charge, these students can receive a, a trade, learn one good mechanical trade, get an education, receive moral and religious uh, development and in, uh, in growth, and exercise and recreation become useful, respected members of society. So um, shortly thereafter, uh, within three or four months, he passed away and left a million dollars to build the school um, and a million dollars to endow it so that it could to run in the future. John Wanamaker was one of our original uh, trustees. So, and, and the, build, the campus itself is um, a historical um, site because it's the largest collection of original Frank Furness architecture. Um, the, and so there, there are a lot of neat things about the school. In 1890, the first young men came to school and learned a trade. Um, and we've been continuing to do that for 130 plus years. Um, the, the school transitioned in the late 60s, early 70s um, from, from just a trade school to becoming a, a, you know, a junior college, an associate degree granting um, junior college focused on uh, the six trade programs. And so um, today you have to be a high school graduate to come. Um, you have to be a male less than 20 years old with no dependents. Um, and so, you know, we are unique in the country in that we're the only college in the country that provides a completely uh, room, board, and tuition, a full scholarship for every single student that comes here. Um, we have usually about 400 uh, qualified young men that come through our process to include, you know, testing and interviewing uh, two different two different interviews, because we want to make sure that um, this the rigor of the program is something they're aware of and they're and they're excited about and confident that they can that they can succeed and graduate from here. Um, we only have room for 100 in each freshman class, and we do focus on those with the most need. Um, so last year, two-thirds of our incoming class uh, was Max Pell eligible, meaning, you know, when they filled out the FAFSA, they had a zero expected family contribution, and 90-plus percent of our students qualify for Pell grants at some level. Um, we'd like to take more, but we just don't have room, and so we focus on those with the most need. Um, it's an intensive three-year program. It's residential meaning they live in dorms with 20-some students with a dorm, an adult dorm parent that lives there with them. Um, it's, a, it's a very, it's like being in the military. They're up early. They have to clean their room. They have to clean the areas in their dorms. They come out to line up. Um, if they're late, um, that means they probably lost about four hours of their Saturday um, because you're just not late at Williamson. It's one of the things that we, we uh, focus on. Uh, and so, uh, you know, they're inspected every day for their appearance by the officer of the day. Um, we go to breakfast, we have chapel, they spend half the day in their shops, one of the six programs, and then the other half the day is in academic classes. Um, we have eight intercollegiate uh, sports teams, so 70% of our kids participate in one or more sports, but if you don't, that's, you know, there's intramurals and other things to do. And so it's a very, uh, it's a rigorous program, it's zero tolerance for drugs and alcohol, so one, one offense in, the, in that area is immediate expulsion. 
but um, the support is here for the students that work hard. Um, the, the, the campus, there's 30 plus of us that live on the campus, so they're surrounded by the support they need. If they put the effort in and ask for help and they need it, they're going to graduate. And we graduate 75% of our, of our folks in a three-year program. Um, when they leave from Williamson, uh, they have an associate degree and no debt, um, and usually three to four to five or more job offers on the way out. Um, we have so many companies that are wanting to hire our students that we have a career fair. We do tw two of them a year. You pay to come to our career fair for the opportunity to hire our students. And last year we had 175 companies from 20 states that showed up, paid money to come uh, to compete to hire one of our 74 graduates. So um, it is a pretty, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those places where the, the guys see the opportunity to completely change uh, their lives. And many of them, you know, haven't had a great high school experience. Uh, they felt that because they're not so focused on writing essays and, uh, and looking at, you know, going to a four-year liberal arts college, that they're somebody who likes to work with their hands, that they get labeled maybe as a Votech kid and somebody that's not, you know, that somehow you should all be heading off to college. Um, our guys come and see that the, the skills that they have in working with their hands and building and fixing and maintaining are, are great skills to have. They're, they're good at it. They like doing it. And developing those skills is going to give them a great opportunity for not just a job, but a great career uh, moving forward when they graduate. So do you uh, uh, get your applicants primarily from the Philadelphia media area, your surrounding areas, or is it a nationwide uh, thing, I, given that very, not very many people know about Williamson, uh, it'd be interesting to find out if you recruit or, or get your applicants from outside of Philadelphia. Well, so, I mean, I think one of the reasons we're unique in the country is, you know, every other college in the country, the primary source of revenue is tuition uh, from their students and their concerns are enrollment. So it is really hard to run a school like Williamson where you have no revenue coming from the students. Um, so, uh, because of that, our endowment uh, provides 70% of what we need, and then we have to raise on the order of $2 million unrestricted every year just to keep the program moving. So, uh, given that, we don't have um, a lot of, we don't have the budget room for big staffs or, you know, we have one person in admissions, we don't have a lot of outreach um, opportunities. So, it is mostly word of mouth and people who know of us in the area. We do get a lot of uh, guys from uh, Philadelphia. We get a lot of folks from um, Wilmington, Delaware. So it is pretty regional. And generally speaking, if you are somebody that, um, you know, if you're from further away and you have the means to, to you know, fly into Philadelphia and come to our school for, you know, a couple uh, interviews, you're probably, you're probably not going to meet <laughs> the financial need requirements to get a, to get a spot in there. Right. But it is, but we don't, uh, we are focused, um, according to the deed, on Philadelphia and the surrounding counties. And But we do have students that come from as far away as Washington State, New York State, Tennessee, Florida. We do have a few of those. You said earlier that you get 400 plus uh, applicants and accept 100. And I guess you graduate somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 70 plus per class. How does that percentage of graduation rate uh, compare with other schools, other colleges? 
Well, anyone would tell you that graduating 75% um, from college of any type um, is a really good number. Uh, community college and junior college level, I think the national average is more around 20%. Um, and, you know, we, we want every single one of our guys that comes in to graduate, but uh, we do have uh, pretty strict standards, as I mentioned, alcohol and, and uh, drug testing and, and one offense in those areas is dismissal. Um, you know, you can't uh, follow the rules and have issues with the racking up, you know, offenses. We assign a mentor, we work with you, but we have a character review process. And then there are academic failures that happen, even though we have uh, a lot of, you know, we really focus on the tutoring and, and getting our guys as much help as they can get. So um, that's part of the admissions process is trying to make sure that the, we test to make sure that they have the capability of uh, completing the academic requirements to get the associate degree. Um, but our, but, you know, so, so that's, that's the big, you know, we, we want every young man that comes here to come and make it to graduation and 75%, most people say that's a phenomenal number, but we are, you know, we want to see it 90, 95%. Um, but again, with the strict standards that we have, it's, uh, it's some, unfortunately some guys um, don't, don't, you know, make the commitment they need to to get to the end. From the perspective of the commitment that the individual student has to make to make it through the three years is is clearly they see value in the in the in the program and in, and what they're getting out of Williamson that uh, clearly keeps them engaged and going. Yeah, I think you know I, as I look at the things that make us successful and the things that are really critical, um, it is it is that you know our core values of faith, integrity, diligence, excellence, service. It's the fact that they are residents here. And even as seniors, even though they can leave in the evenings as seniors, um, they still have to be back here, you know, every night, Sunday night through Thursday night to to be here and to be in the dorms. The first couple of years, um, unless they have special permission, they're generally um, not off campus during the week. And that's by design. We want them to be engaged with uh, the people that are here. Um, they're living their lives at a different uh, level um, than most of their peers. Um, you know, they're not not many guys go off to school and get up at six in the morning and make their bed and clean their room and come out to line up. And, you know, we put a lot on their plate, but when you're in that community, when you're, when you're part of that and everyone around you is doing the same thing, um, that's, that's what they see. And even the freshmen, you know, when they're, you know, hearing the stories of their other friends from high school, and what they're doing, um, they can come to that first career fair in November um, and see the opportunities in front of them and know that if they commit to this program in two years, you know, from then they will be in that position to be able to be in such demand um, by these great employers that are really coming after them and want to hire them. In our lives now with all the social media and, and access to technology and so on, um, describe to me in, in that context the day in the life of, of, a, of a student going through Williamson. It's, uh, it seems an interesting contrast. I think it's if you came to campus, you would see something different than what you would expect to see. Now, my my father was a was a high school teacher and a high school principal, and I'll never forget the first time he came out our first year here, and um, he he just said it's just so neat to see um, young men who are um, dressed nicely, groomed nicely, respectful, um, polite, uh, engaging, and you know one of the things we have a lot of rules. So one of the rules is. You don't pull your phone out between the time of lineup in the morning and dinner time at night. And, uh, you know, you, you, that's just one of our rules. So we don't, we don't walk around with headphones. We don't walk around in our sweats uh, with hoodies and, you know, that we walk, they dress in coat and tie. 
and uh, most of our guys sit. Yeah, every day. And they don't, you know, they come to line up and they come to meals and coat and tie. When they go to the shops, they change into their shop gear and shop clothes. Um, you know, and after dinner, they can be in casual uh, attire. But that is part of what uh, kind of sets them apart. And, you know, we have a closed closet where people donate, uh, gently use suits, coats, ties, uh, belts, shoes, that. And so they um, they are expected to dress uh, and be groomed, you know, clean shaven, um, you know, hair standards. Um, so that is all part of um, the culture, I think, of Williamson. And, you know, my dad even said, well, you know, to me, do you teach them how to teach them that, that how to be polite, how to open a door for somebody? I said, no, we, we don't, but they uh, are immersed in the culture. So as freshmen, they see it modeled for them by the upperclassmen, by the staff and faculty that are, you know, part of it. And they, it becomes an expectation. And that's, again, a, a whole idea of this immersion in this culture uh, that after three years can really make a huge impact on how a young man uh, views life, how they, the discipline that they have, how they, how they, you know, their expectations of their, of themselves. And that's what I love about it the most is um, the, the confidence that they come in with is usually not great. Uh, they haven't had a great high school experience for a lot of them because they haven't been engaged, not because they're not smart, because they don't see the point in a lot of it. Um, and, you know, they've been told by, you know, counselors and others that, you know, well, what's wrong with you? You should be trying to go off to college like everyone else. So when they come to Williamson and they see a place where they, the skills and the, uh, the things that they, that they're good at are valued and a path to, you know, to a great career, um, over those couple years, um, they develop great confidence in their own abilities and in, you know, and in, um, the opportunities that they have when they leave. Honestly, that's fantastic. Um, I'd imagine uh, it'd be very interesting to discuss the the way in which you instill uh, the, the 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 character traits of being a leader and and building those muscles, if you will, uh, that 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 capability of uh, being in those roles that uh, they will be in the future, but how you build up the leadership skills that uh, would be very interesting to hear about. Well, so it's always kind of been in our DNA. Um, but, you know, a couple of years ago when we re- we came up with a new strategic plan, we, we updated our mission to include the idea that these students will be leaders when they leave here. And so um, right away from the beginning as freshmen, they come in for a freshman first year experience focused on the core values um, you know, they, they start right away um, moving through the program. We have different points in every class where they're focused on leader development. Um, the juniors um, will go on a, like almost like an outward bound type week experience uh, out backpacking and, and, and canoeing and, and rotating through leadership jobs and teaching and being intentional about talking about how to develop as a leader because when they're seniors, um, with the flow of the day, the seniors are in the shops with the freshmen. And to different degrees, those seniors are responsible for directing the freshmen, teaching the freshmen. And, you know, that sounds like an easy thing at first until you actually try it and understand that you have to work at being able to communicate your expectations to somebody and check their work and help them when they need help and uh, correct them when they need correcting. And that's all part of the development that a Williamson man goes through as they move through their three years. So by the time they're seniors, they're very comfortable. And many of our our guys will go right into kind of um, management type roles in construction, uh, those kind of things, because they've had 
that kind of training that allow them to develop uh, their leadership skills while they're here. What are the core education programs or the tracks that students can pursue? Well, we have six programs into uh, masonry, uh, carpentry, uh, machine tool technology, uh, power plant, uh, power plant technology. We have our own working power plant on campus, and it was one of the first 20 in the country that produced electrical uh, power, DC Thomas Edison model. Um, so the students run the boilers, they run, you know, they run the, the, the turbines, they do all that. Um, and then horticulture and paints and protective coatings. Those are our six programs that we currently have. Um, but we, you know, we, we do have a, a, a dream of, you know, if we can develop, you know, get the resources in place of adding, uh, you know, trades like plumbing and electrical and, uh, you know, HVAC and things like that. There are a lot of good programs that are out there, but we, those are the six that we have right now. So clearly the validation that you're getting from the employers who are coming and recruiting your guys is definitely there. How is that translating into raising the visibility of Williamson in the local community or nationally? Well, I think it's funny because I do think that's one of our challenges. We're like this really best kept secret, even here in Philadelphia, that people don't really aren't aware of us. Um, and we're small. We understand that. But um, we've had a, a several groups that have come in and take a look at us and are looking at trying to use our model. Um, the one that, you know, that's probably the furthest along is Harmel Academy in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, they came and took a look at us and were convinced that the things that we were doing as far as uh, living in residence, the faith component, all, uh, you know, um, the, the, the camaraderie that goes along with this all male environment that, you know, they decided that that's what they want to replicate. And so, um, Harmel Academy should a, a year from now be bringing in their first students. Um, they were not able to do exactly like we were. They're going to do one program and they're going to have to charge some tuition. I mean, we had a 130 year head start on this, you know, focused mission that Isaiah gave us of doing it for free for these guys. So they're not able to do that. But I think there are a lot of the, the things that they took away from our model um, that were most important were those the values, the character development, the leader development, the residential pieces. Um, you know, all those those uh, soft skills that went into and, and and then, you know, the trade skills, the combination of the two is what's what we really our society is really in need of more and more. Um, so what do you think? I'm sure you've given a lot of thought. You mentioned earlier that uh, the possibility of of somehow expanding Williamson within the campus. But but the need, it seems like the the opportunity to have Williamson replicated across the country would be a phenomenal opportunity obviously the costs involved and so on are are you know in in their own right are discussions that we don't have to have but beyond beyond that that uh, that cost having other programs in other locations like Williamson providing that, those kind of opportunities for students in their local areas yeah, no, I think it's a critical part of what we, you know, we have a vision of where we want to go, and then we have a dream of where we'd like to go. And I think the current vision, you know, it all, um, because our, our mission is very focused and it was given to us by Mr. Williamson to take care of those that are most in need um, and make the biggest impact for them. Um, again, uh, you know, doing it, uh, providing a full, you know, scholarship, room board, and tuition for every student is is tough. And so, uh, like I said, if we can 
build our endowment, uh, we have room on our campus probably to double uh, our enrollment at some point, add other trades, um, and that's a goal of ours. But in a bigger picture, to be to get uh, national level media exposure to, I know there's people that would look at our model and say, you know, I could I could do some, you know, there should be schools like Williamson all across the country. Every big city in this country should have a school like Williamson, whether they do it um, like we do with a very focused effort on, on those with the most need, uh, providing a vehicle to lift them out of poverty and to put them in a, in a different path. Or if they're just saying that, hey, the skills com combined with the character and pieces like that, even if we're charging tuition. So certainly if you're doing that, it's more scalable. Um, you know, it would be a huge amount of, of uh, money that would be needed to replicate a Williamson starting from scratch um, to do just exactly what we do. But I think, you know, it's kind of it's kind of um, it's kind of funny, actually, because, you know, there's very little legacy at Williamson. And it's not because that our graduates wouldn't want their sons to come here. They pretty much all do. But very few of them qualify financially to get their sons in because they've got great careers and they've had and they don't have the same kind of need that the current students have. Um, and they would they would say that's a good thing um, because that, that was, you know, but um, again, I think some of the key components I think if we had some, you know, we always talk about being on something like 60 Minutes or a national level program that could do more than a two minute story, but like a 20 minute story on what this is all about, what's going on here. Um, I think there'd be across the country, there'd be people that would say, man, our country needs uh, more schools like Williamson, not just for the technical trades, but for the kind of character pieces that our guys come out with, with, uh, you know, a focus on service and, and, uh, and paying it forward and taking this gift that they had and, and going out in their communities and giving back all of that is, is stuff that is um, more is bigger than just the skills gap. And that's, and that's the part I think that's so important for our guys is to understand that, listen, you're going to, you're going to start, you know, but, but you coming out of Williamson, we have a bunch of graduates that are great examples and come back and tell their story, but you can be a CEO and a president of a company. You, many of you guys can, you can start your own business. You can, you can be successful. This is the American dream and it's still possible at a place like Williamson for anybody. What an amazing thing, really. I mean, what a great legacy, the way you've described it, it really is a pathway to the American dream. And then you have your alumni that can, that are the proof of concept that the students can see and visualize and envision their, their futures in the skilled trades. That's, that's really good. Yeah, it, it's really a special thing. And um, I mean, it, and it's really special because our alumni, um, and, and this is what I tell our, our students when they, you know, go through these career fairs. And I said, you know, you guys, um, yes, you have to present yourself well in the interview, but you have to understand that you're getting these opportunities because of the Williamson alum that have come in front of you that have set a super high bar. Um, these companies know what that means to be a Williamson grad. And your job, when you accept all your, you know, if they come here and you're just mediocre or worse, they're not going to pay money to come back to these career fairs. So it's really when you graduate, what do you owe us? You owe us your best effort when you get out there. You owe us. Go, and, and I tell them, you know, whoever you sign on with for a job better be back at the next career fair saying, I need 10 more guys like that. Um, they're, they're killing it. They're doing a great job. They're just what we wanted. They're, they're you know, reliable. They're hardworking. They're smart. 
Um, I need, I can build a business on those guys. And, you know, and it is, it is neat when we have a very successful alum. I mean, we have just on our board of trustees is a couple, you know, a couple examples. Uh, one of our power plant graduates is now um, president of Exelon Generation. Uh, one of our machine tool graduates um, is the president and CEO of Millicron in Cincinnati. Um, 7,500 employees or so, I think, a huge company. Our chairman, you know, went to work for a builder, uh, came out as a brick mason, went to work in general construction for a builder, and six years into it, met his future wife, and the two of them decided to start their own home building company, and now they build 120 to 140 homes a year, and just just based on Williamson, never went back to school, just, you know, built that company from the ground up with his own efforts and hired more people and and you know that's that's what our country needs more of. You know, one of our other machinists is uh, works at Boeing. Has worked there ever since he graduated. But for 22 years, he went um, took advantage of their night school program for 22 years. He got a bachelor's, two masters, and a PhD, all while working full time and doing night school and raising his family. Right? I mean, but those are the kind of guys who can stand in front of our current students and said, "I can. You did. Yeah, I was able to do it." I, I was just like you, and you can do it too. And here's everything you learn at Williamson is all you need um, to be able to set your course in the world and be able to be successful. But we also know that success just isn't the size of your wallet. It's what you can contribute back to your community. Um, it's what things you can do uh, to help other people, and that's a huge part of it. The, you know, the service is one of our core values of serving, and, and we have a whole week where we do community service. And we just go out and help other nonprofits that need assistance um, with different projects. And so I think that idea of also saying you were really fortunate to have this opportunity. And when you get out there, don't forget that and pay it forward in your own way when you're when you're out, uh, you know, raising your family and doing those kind of things. And being a good husband, a good father, a good um, member of the community is super important uh, part of the development you get at Williamson. So, Mike, I've heard that the time spent by students at the Williamson College of the Trades referred to as the thousand-day journey. What's the significance of that thousand-day journey? Yeah, so we, we really do think that, you know, basically it's a three-year program. Again, pretty unique for an associate degree. Most, most associate degrees are two years, the bachelor's four Ours, ours has always been a three-year school for whatever reason. Um, it was, and, I, and I really believe that um, that what we call that thousand-day journey, um, being on campus and being residential over those three years of time from when you're 18, 19, 20, 21, that those are you know significant, uh, a significant time in your life that you can really you know kind of mold where you're going. And so, um, so that's the way we look at that as we tell them like you, you can't. You can't become a Williamson man in, in a, a couple of weeks or in a summer or in a year. It, it takes this thousand-day journey of development all the way through from the you know the first year to this improving the skills the second year to being a leader of the third year and uh, and that that is um, that is one of the reasons I think that we're successful that it is a long enough period of time uh, for guys. Uh, you know, not every uh, student that comes here is. Um, is, you know, from a, a desperate type situation, but we do have guys that are have incarcerated parents or foster kids have, have significant uh, family issues. And I think that is, um, you know, for, for a lot of them to get um, away from that and to be able to be 
at Williamson. Um, they can stay here over the summer in the dorms for free if they want to stay in the dorms and work a job. And, and uh, you know, some, we have to recognize that some of them don't um, have, a, have a place to go on the weekends or can't go home. And, and so that part of, uh, of that understanding that, you know, they're, they're there for three years and immersed in this, this idea, you can, you can really alter the path of, of somebody's life, I think, in that amount of time. No kidding. Altering their path and showing them how much in demand they are because of the skills and character traits and values that have been instilled in them by way of their education at Williamson. Uh, truly a great legacy. One of my uh, favorite stories recently. So um, last fall, uh, we had a company come from California and they repair boilers and they are in desperate need of, of qualified people to come work for them. And so they found us on the internet and they, and they you know, said, we're coming out, we're going to be a chairman level sponsor, which means you pay more money, but you come to both career fairs, you get an opportunity to go to whatever um, program you want and do a presentation on your company, right? So you get extra, you, you know, so they paid the big bucks to be chairman level sponsors. And we said, well, you know, good luck. It's a, uh, it's a competition, but so they came out and, and uh, they pitched, you know, to these guys, but all of our guys had good local jobs in that industry and none of the seniors um, accepted their offers. So they did, we, this is what we tell the other hundred companies, right? You said, listen, here, here's a good technique, right? Our, our kids, a lot of them don't have a family that can provide them a cell phone and a, and a car or a truck. And so they need their summers and their weekends to be able to go work a job. And we want them to work in the field to sharpen their skills, right? And you can, and oh, by the way, it's a great way to try them out. They like you, you like them. And a lot of times that leads to full-time employment when they graduate a year or two later. So they took our advice, right? And they hired six underclassmen um, now, none of these guys that I'm aware of had even been on an airplane. So they flew these six out to California. Uh, Huntington Beach was one of the three sites. They had two guys at each site, right? At each site, they said, you two guys, here's your apartment. Here's your car. Here's a gas card because we want you, you know, we want you to work hard during the week, but we want you to get out and explore California and, you know, and have fun and see the sites. And because obviously they're trying to recruit them to come, right? And so one of the guys really took it to heart and ended up engaged to a girl that he met out there. And so they came back this November. Um, and I think there were two or two or three of the guys were, were rising seniors. So they were ready to graduate. Um, and I think they offered all of them jobs with the guy who accepted the job was a guy who was engaged and he took the job. So here's a kid that can't, you know, so again, think about on the way in what your prospects are and now flying out to California. Of course, now they've got their full-time employee and they hired, I think, six more underclassmen to come out this summer, you know, and for a kid that's here in Philly or Wilmington and to be able to be flown out and treated like that. And I mean, it's a great experience. They had a great work experience. The company loved the kids and wanted to hire them. And so now they've got a foot in the door and they have, you know, an opportunity, but that's the kind of story, right? Of a kid that comes from where he came from and now is, you know, going out to California um, to, to work uh, in a great job with a great, you know, opportunity to advance in his career. And, and I think that's the thing for me, Juan, that, you know, I think is um, the, the important thing is to realize that, you know, um, why are we in this situation? I, I do believe it's because um, somehow, we became infatuated with this idea that the only way to succeed in America is to go from high school immediately into a four-year college and get your degree and then move forward. And, and I think 
um, to the extent that a lot of high school counselors were pretty much, that was the path they were trying to push everyone down. And if you weren't somebody, so there was not a lot of value placed on somebody who graduated high school and went to work, who graduated high school and joined the military, who graduated high school and went to a community college or uh, a trade school or, some, or something like that. And I think, um, and I think that's why we're in the situation that we're have now. And it's just an idea of saying like, it's not saying, you know, it's, it's everybody has different gifts and talents. If your gifts and talents are more in line with using your hands and doing those kind of things, then there's opportunities for you that are just as good or better than traipsing off to a four-year college right after high school. And, I mean, it's obscene how much uh, these colleges are charging these kids and how much debt they're taking on, especially the ones that are coming from the most need that can't, that don't have a family that can pay the bill and are taking out all these loans um, I mean, that's the really sad part is, are they going to finish? And if they finish, how are they going to manage the loan debt? And are they going to get a job that's relevant that can help them in that area? And so I just think that the situation is so right right now because the pendulum had swung so far towards everyone's got to go to college that now we've, we've seen um, this great need in the skilled trades and the opportunities that the, you know, so it's great for our students. But the problem is, we're, you know, 75 guys going out in the workforce every year is not going to is not going to impact the nationwide problem that we have. Fair enough. Um, so separately, for somebody listening to this episode and that that finds themselves compelled to do something to help Williamson College, what are the ways in which um, uh, somebody wherever they may be living in the United States that is listening to this podcast episode can uh, assist Williamson College of the Trades on its mission? What are the ways in which they can do it and how would they go about contacting you guys to do so? Well, so I mean, just go right on to uh, the internet and hit williamson.edu uh, and, and we're, everything is right there on, on the webpage. It tells everything that we do. Um, in, in my mind, um, you know, it's getting the word out about Williamson, but, the, you know, the reality is uh, the resources that we would need to expand the program are financial. Um, and one of the ways that we're, we're looking at trying to um, build that endowment, the endowment, you know, covers 70%. We got to fill that gap. And so we are um, looking, people are providing scholarships for just like a normal college. Like, so if we know that given our budget and our size and number of students that it costs about $30,000 a year to put a student through Williamson. There are opportunities for people to do full or partial scholarships or even endowed scholarships uh, that would be in perpetuity, um, you know, named scholarships. And so that that's an area that we're really focusing on is trying to, because we're trying to set the conditions for um, expanding the program. You know, it, like, I, like I mentioned before, um, it would be easy to sit back and rest on your laurels and say, look, we've got four times the number of applicants that we can take. We're graduating 75%. They all got great jobs. Let's just be happy. But as long as, you know, that having to turn away that many good qualified young guys that want to come to Williamson, knowing that there's all these companies that are sitting at the other end waiting for grads, it's something that the board and I feel strongly about that we're not going to rest on our laurels, that we want to raise the kind of funds that we could so we can um, add more students to Williamson and provide this opportunity for more students and and put the word out on the street so that people that have, you know, similar uh, passions can take a look at us and help do something similar in their own communities. Fantastic. Okay, so Mike, um, I'm, 
I'm really excited about asking this question because I've asked this question of everyone else that is uh, uh, that that uh, I've had the opportunity to have these episodes recorded and and uh, I end the the uh, the conversations with this question and and given your background where you've been and and what you're doing now I'd like to ask you what would you tell your younger self to learn or master sooner or avoid altogether? It can be about your profession or life in general. Yeah, I, I just think um, one of the things that was great about being in the military is um, is the exposure to different things and, and staying outside your comfort zone and not getting set in a routine. And I think um, you look back on your younger self and you see somebody that was pretty judgmental thought they had all the answers early on. And, and you realize that, um, you know, that there are opportunities out there that you're not even aware of as you journey through life. And so I think for me, it's just to say, you know, that uh, my advice to a younger self would be, you know, be open to uh, the opportunities that are out there. Um, don't take the, don't take the easy path. Don't, you know, don't uh, take the safe path, but, but um, challenge yourself and, and step out of your comfort zone and and, uh, and and you never know what's waiting around the corner. You know, as I look back on how my military career progressed and finding Williamson, and none of that would I have ever thought about, it, you know, as I went through that that was going to be the plan. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, that's one of the things that I would tell young people, too, is to, to be open to the possibilities and to, and to just never, never accept complacency. Uh, never, never, you know, sit back, just, you know, you know, to put your best effort into everything and, and then just let the cards fall where they may. Excellent. Mike, I can't imagine, I, I have no idea what the next question would have to be because I think we covered a lot of ground. Um, yeah, I, I, you, you probably should have been warned that I'm, I'm, I can definitely talk. No, 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 <laughs> no. I think it's probably too much stuff, but <laughs> I, well, um, I, do, I am very passionate about Williamson, and that's, you know, some of the things I, I love to talk about. I love to share the stories of it um, because I do believe so much in, in what it's doing. It's just, um, I got to tell you, you know, as somebody leaving the military, it sounds kind of corny and maybe, you know, it is what it is, but I think people like me that have spent, such a long amount of time in the military, what do they value? I mean, they value the relationships, they value being around soldiers whose first question isn't what's in it for me, that, you know, are part of a team that are focused on a mission that support each other. And when you leave the military after all those years, you're, you're looking for something that can help fill that void, that camaraderie, that sense of purpose, that sense of mission. And for me, that was what I found at Williamson. And, and that makes me feel like I'm still serving in my own way, um, you know, in the small way that I have with the li limited amount of contact hours I have with the students, but it's just great to be a part of it. And we have talented teachers and, and, and folks that really care about the students that work at Williamson. And it's a, it's a passion. It's a, you know, it's a, almost a ministry for our, for our folks that work there more than it is a job. And I think that's what really makes it special. And you can find an organization like that, that really, um, really uh, loves to do what they do to help these guys out, to see them progress, um, and to see see how they develop, and then watch them go out and do great things in the world. It really makes it, um, you know, worth it to get up every day and go to work, right? Yeah, you. I'm sure you've seen it from traveling all over the world, as well as your experience. There's no place on the face of the earth that allows you to 
potentially live the life that that we all have the opportunity to do and, and to, to, to live and and in many cases and I don't think I did it earlier but I want to thank you for your service because it's because of people like you that I get to live the life that I live and and I greatly appreciate it well it was a great privilege to serve in, in the army all those years and I, I never would have stayed around as long as I did if I didn't love it and you don't you don't have to thank me because I volunteered to do it but I do I will tell you that I think by traveling all around the world and seeing some pretty rough areas, you know, I think sometimes we as Americans take a lot for granted and we focus so much on the, the differences that we have. But, you know, I think people need to take a step back and realize, um, you know, this is a great country. It's still a great country. And, and you know, they're, they're, yes, we have our issues to work through and work out, but we should be thankful that we have uh, the opportunities that we have and the country that we that we get to live in. It's pretty, you know, not a lot of people in the world have that kind of, um, have that opportunity. And so I think by being in the military and traveling the world, you do have a better appreciation for how good we have it here in the United States. And, and that's, you know, it's a good perspective to keep in mind, I think, in today's, the way things are today with all the arguing and fighting. And it's like, hey, we're, we're, we're all Americans and we should appreciate that a little bit too. Agreed, agreed. All right, Mike, I have taken so much of your time. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Skilled Trades Playbook. There's no doubt that the Williamson College of the Trades is a unique institution. I look forward to reading your comments. If you can see anywhere where I can improve the value proposition of these episodes, please don't hesitate to shoot them my way. Um, Also, hit that subscribe button. That way you can continue listening to the great candid insights of uh, a whole bunch of folks talking about the skilled trades and how to close the skills gap. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. (laughs) 